0: Hi up, I'm Joe Ellis. Welcome to Cows Not Cow, episode four. This is a podcast about a book. Now, we're better than the bit in the back cover telling you what it's about because we go into more detail. We're like a little tasting platter for the main course of a meal. And this particular book is all about networking. Now, if you've just found us here for the very first time, can I suggest you go all the way back to episode one, which is called Networking. What it is, what it's not, how it works and why it works just to give you an idea of what's in it for you because that's what everyone wants to know right what will i get out of it and that's cool so that's the episode that'll tell you and then probably best to follow the shows in order before you arrive at this one again and then if you're still really desperate to know the story of how we arrived at our name cows, not cow. There's also a sneaky little pilot episode, episode zero that we recorded explaining all of that. So by all means, seek that out too. And the important thing, Andrew would probably stress is this. If at any point in the series, you think I'm in, I want to get the book. You can do that right now or at any time. And we'll tell you where uh, over the course of the episode today. Find the other episodes wherever you got this one. They're all there. And then if you click to subscribe or follow us, you'll get the new ones automatically when we publish those. This is episode four of Cows Not Cow, the book. Hang on, that wasn't quite right, was it? Cows Not Cow, the book. The mooing in the wrong place there, Andrew. In the company of the book's author and networking expert, Andrew Smith. Hi, Andrew. Hi, John. Great to see you. But let's not milk it Let's get going. Oh. You know, when you're, when you're cringing at your own jokes, then you know they're pretty bad. Okay, yeah. um, getting into conversations and starting relationships is the title of this episode. And it's following the progression of a networking journey as such, isn't it? Do you want to recap it for us so far?
1: Yeah, I suppose a quick, uh, quick recap would be remembering that networking is simply about chatting with others and developing relationships. There are different types of networking events out there. It's to check them out choose the you know choose the right one. It's getting the right prep done before you know before going. And uh, that can be, you know, could be online, can be looking through the attendee list is as a as a key part. It's then going at an event, slowing it down as you as you go in, remembering good networkers will want to speak to you. Going in, registering, chatting to the, the event organizer, then it's making you know a start at the event and making the, the right start to make, because the clock's ticking, the event could be an hour and a half, two hours, and that's what we're going to get stuck into with this episode.
0: Now, I'm assuming the research we've done in the preparation part of last episode will answer the majority of this question. Getting into conversations is fine, but how do I know who I should talk to? Is it
1: from looking at my list? It can be, yeah, but it can come from some other, other ways too. If you've got the attendee list in advance, you've identified some people you especially want to, to speak with, yeah, you may then choose to, you know, if you say recognize them from the, the picture on, on LinkedIn or something you've seen in the, the local media, then you might want to go over and speak with them. You might want to ask the event organizer if they can, you know, if they can help with a, you know, with an introduction, or it could also be just as you're walking from a car park into the event, you might start speaking with somebody. You may spot somebody that you that you recognize. So there's different ways to, to get into conversations, but that can also leave a space where. You haven't identified anybody from the attendee list. You're not being made introductions. You didn't meet anybody else walking in. You have to get into the conversations.
0: Yeah, so that that, that helps then if you if you walk into the room and, and nobody in your preferred list is there, or they are there, but they're, they're already chatting to someone. That's yeah. that's what you do in the event of that. Now, we've been through this type of exchange and, and sort of course of action before, you and I, and I remember there being an almost scientific approach to it, which if you followed it, it would take you through specifically how to work this room. And it started by something as simple as approaching one person on their own, maybe at the coffee station and, you know, offering to pour and starting a conversation as easily as that. But it extended right up to how to approach groups of three, four or more and which person in the group to approach to join it or whether it was a bad idea to approach the group in the first place at that moment when everyone was engaged in conversation. Does the book yeah. go into that in, in, in depth? And do you want to give us just a, like a brief synopsis of what's in there with regard
1: to that? There are a whole number of ways in which you may get into conversation anyway. But if you find yourself as, you know, as one person alone, and it seems like everybody else is in conversation, you've got yourself you a or a coffee or a water, you're thinking, hold on, I'm standing here and moan. I need to get into the chat. That's what I'm here for. The longer I stand and moan, the more nervous I'm I'm getting. I need to, to get going. And I've quite often seen attendees, and it's a nerves thing, and they're on their own, and they're looking at bits of paper or they're looking at their phone, and that's not great because that's not what you're there for, and that's sending out the wrong message. The book does go into more detail, but in general, if we look at groups, a group size of one, two, three, or four people. Then absolutely it's one person on their own is where you should, where you should head for. That somebody else on their own in the same boat as you, they'll be very grateful that you've gone up and chatted with them, that you, that you hand out, shake your hand, and now you're both in, you're both in conversation. So if you don't see anybody you recognize, there's no other obvious way in, go for one. After one, a group of three can be quite effective as well. In a group of three, it can be a, a bit of space there. Maybe somebody not fully engaged in, in the conversation. Might be looking over it. There could be eye contact. Could be a smile. You go into that into that three. There's then a chat as a four, or it could quite easily break into the two twos, four and upwards can also be okay, but it can be quite intimidating as well. You know, during a big group and everybody goes silent, like when you go into the you know the bar in the Wild West, everybody turns around and the piano player stops uh, stops playing. But group of two is the only sort of red flag. It could be two people that are deep in conversation and you'll see that in their see that in their body language. They maybe know each other already, they've gone into a lot of detail. And it's just they're going to get a little bit of shock, perhaps, if you, you know, if you join them. So that one, two, three, or group size one, two, three, four, hopefully helps as a, you know, as a bit of a guide just now. But also remembering that that, that natural Ebb and flow will be open to anything. If it's a group of five and a space opens up and somebody's clearly smiling. And making a space for you to go over—that's good. Maybe a two might even do that, and that's fine too.
0: I, I'm just thinking as you're, you're going through the numbers there. It, it seems to me that maybe the odd the odd number groups offer a, a better um chance of, of you engaging with someone because presumably if you've got three then you know two will be talking and one is as you say hanging on the side so you can engage with them. If you've got five, you've got two twos and another one. It's going a little bit like countdown here I know, but but there's the on the odd groups numbers, then you you usually got someone sort of spare and and you can you can possibly pick them off on the outside. Does that sound like a theory? <laughs>
1: Yes. Yeah. For those that to remember anything from, you know, from this episode, it is, yeah, odd numbers. One and three is where to head for. Okay, good. I'm glad you did.
0: I'm glad you got to that quicker than
1: I did. Now, sooner, sooner or
0: later, Andrew, every networker will find themselves chatting away to another person. And it may be they just click and they get on like a house on fire, lots in common, opportunities to maybe explore collaboration or connections they could recommend to each other and any and all of that. Brilliant. But there's a danger here as well, isn't there? Because if we get on with someone, we want to stay chatting. Or if we see them at the, the next event, the natural inclination is to go across and take up where you left off. But in each example, there, the rest of the room's getting away. So, is there a sweet spot for how long you should spend with one person chatting at a networking event?
1: It's probably around, you know, 15, 15, 20 minutes. You're right. It's human nature. If we're, if we're in really both enjoying speaking, it's a really good two way conversation. Maybe somebody that we've met before, let's move it the quality of relationship is, is in there, then that's good networking to, to see that through. However, if that conversation has then become a 40-minute conversation hmm. and it's a two-hour networking event and there are another 28, 38, 48 people in the, in the room, it's an opportunity missed because there'll be other people who will want to connect or reconnect with. So always have to, to watch that. And I, I've seen it going on loads over the years. Because it is human nature, and that's okay. Go with it. Go with it for a for you know a period of time. But then, if you have a look at your watch and think, "Ooh, that was twenty minutes," then there's nothing wrong with saying, "You know, come on, let's uh, let's both go and do some some more networking." But you know, I'm keen to you know keen to chat more. Do you have a coffee maybe sometime next week and, and catch up?
0: Absolutely. And, and sort of push it to the outside of that event. That's a good idea. Uh, on, on, on the flip side of things, uh, there'll be people listening to this thinking, I don't even know what to say to start a conversation. I I, I always think, you know, hands up, face the wall, kick your wallet or purse in this direction. That's a good one. All right, maybe not. But I <laughs> I always come away with their contact details. Now, in, in the book, do you cover ways of, of striking up a conversation which seem natural and relaxed because let's not forget i mean this this entire situation that we're talking about networking in general it's contrived right it's not organic you're in this environment and broadly speaking everybody has the same agenda how do you go about then normalizing that in a calm and authentic way that's an interesting thing what what are the tips there
1: it's it's remembering for a start that that everybody's in, in the same boat you're right it's an unnatural situation but it's based on that the natural situation of of chatting with with people, also remembering that people expect conversations to be to be joined at any time, and they want to meet new people and they want to meet new people again. The simplest thing, of, some of the simple things to, to start with are: I think it's good practice if you're joining a group, a group of a particular size, of saying, "Do you mind if I, do you mind if I join you?" That's a, that's a good start. You want to get it try and share too much when you're joining that as well. Put out your hand saying, you know, hi, I'm John, you know, do you mind for mind for joining you. And one or two handshakes, that that's fine. In terms of, of asking questions, it is more comfortable if you're doing it, you know, doing it one on, you know, one on one. But I've quite often been asked, if, what are great questions that to ask? You don't think about the great questions at, at the start. You know, you can be asking quite straightforward questions like, is this the first time you've you've been to the event? You know, do you enjoy these events? Do you know a lot of people at the event? Um, it's the first time you've been to this venue. What else have you been to this this venue for then? And it's okay to strike up conversation with small talk. It can be about the the weather, the venue, what they've been doing that that day. hopefully if it's two-way, what you've been doing that day. So small talk's good, but it's the basics to start off with. And it can quite often be work. You know, what what do you do? Are you busy at the moment? What, you know, why are you so, so busy? So it's the the quick-fire questions, often closed questions to start with, but they are the things that get the conversation going. Asking about things that are the non-work things with them that you kind of have to develop the relationship maybe a little bit more. First, I wouldn't recommend start off with. Keep it short, keep it simple as you get into the chat.
0: Now, in the same way we're going to meet someone we just get on with, the opposite is likely to be there at some stage as well, isn't it? Where, you know, you just can't see anything in common or any reason why you would continue chatting with this person. Do we still have to pursue that person as a new contact, or can we just kill it stone dead, dismiss the idea based on how it felt in the room at the time?
1: We hit it off with, with some people, and we don't have to worry too much about you know questions to ask and you know building up the report. It's coming naturally. But you're right in some ways. We just other people we just don't click. There's nothing wrong with them or with us. It just doesn't flow. Or the conversation can be very, very one-sided and we're thinking, this is not really what I'm, you know, what I'm looking for here. I would still recommend that you have them as a, as a contact. You never know who they know. You never know also, you know, sort of they may just be particularly nervous in that environment. And if you met them again in a different environment or you met them one-to-one, the conversation could go much better. But we're there to have two-way conversations and I would always recommend But when they draw breath and pick your time, not when they're coming up to the punchline of a story or a joke, you know, be decent about it, you know, and say, you know, thanks for your time today. I'm sure you can do more networking as I am. Do you have a card and then go your your separate ways. Connect with them online. It turns out you probably won't arrange to have a coffee with them because if that chat you had at the event is a guide, you're probably not going to then commit, you know, more time seeing them. But still leave it in a good way. Get the details. Connect with them online. You never know when you might bump into them again. Okay, good advice.
0: Let's move on to the actual content of the conversation again, because this is um, sometimes where I think we're undone by nerves. Uh, you mentioned already, you know, you, you always get people saying to you, but how will I know what to say? And it's a bit like my kid pulling me into the queue at the shops and saying to me, you know, will you speak to the lady at the checkout? I don't know what to say to her. And quite often, you know, if he's if it's, if it's got an item, like say we're in a sports shop, he doesn't actually have to speak at all because he's just handing it over and it's a transaction. We've worked on how do you normally start a conversation and, and and getting into it. But here's here's what's interesting. What do we have to fit into that conversation? I mean, what do we have to get from it? What do we have to put in? I suppose when you're one of possibly 30 or 40 people, that person could be meeting in, in that networking environment.
1: You want to be memorable somehow. Any tips for achieving that simply? If you're... Asking questions and you're showing real interest and it's clear you're you're listening because you're asking questions about their, their answers. You'll be memorable from from doing that. It's a myth that you need to have red spiky hair or you know kiss me quick hat or see you Jimmy Wigger, or whatever to be memorable at an event. Yeah, you, ab- you would be, but you absolutely don't need to to do that. If you ask questions and listen properly, people like that. Start, you stand out, and remember how you made them feel by doing that, which is a which is a key thing. On the other side, yes, you've got to have the key things you want to get across. You want to get across your name, business, what you do, and if you can, what makes you different. But you don't have long because anybody could join the conversation at any time. Your group of two becomes three, four, three, four, five, six. So again, that's where I think writing it down, or at least having it in your head and thinking, right, these are the key things that I want to get across. Anything else is a, is a bonus. But it comes back to asking questions that if you ask questions shortness and you ask somebody about them, their work, how long have they been doing it for? What did they do before? What's changed recently in, in their sector? Has the company got plans to go? How has their how has their role changed? What do they enjoy the most about their work? That's when you find out so much key information that you really make somebody feel listened to. Sorry, were you speaking? No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I, I um,
0: <laughs> I, I was smirking there when you said, you know, you don't need to have red spiky hair or a kiss me quick uh, top or um, you know, a see you, Jimmy hat. I think I know one person that's got all three of those things. Yeah, and, and they've worn them to networking events. You probably know them too. We'll not mention yes, them. Yes, good,
1: good contact of mine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I might play them back this at one point. The other thing there, you you. Uh, you touched on, and it's a famous quote. I can't for the life of me remember who it was that said it. But in the business that I work in, as well, we use this once as a what we call a strap line um, or a mission statement. And it's it's that that thing of people will forget what you said, they'll forget what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. Yeah. And it's it's something that is is absolutely true. Now, this episode is is called getting into conversations and starting relationships. So, moving on to the the sort of starting relationship phase. How do we leave that conversation so that a, a, a starting relationship is, is is initiated? You mentioned there, you know, could be as simple as,
1: "Oh, let's have a coffee at some point." Yeah, it, it can be if we've had a good conversation, and especially if it's been you know joined by others, you know, and we've or we've chosen to to stop it because we want to speak to other people at the event as well. I think both parties are going to you know want to have that conversation, about I want to have that yeah uninterrupted conversation you know by meeting by meeting one on one. But you might have good conversations at the event, and you're not going to think, well, both parties want to then, you know, meet up afterwards. So at least make sure that you're planning to do something afterwards in terms of, you know, sending an email, saying, just, you know, quick you note, know, good, to, good to meet you, hope we enjoy the party at the weekend, maybe see you again soon, John. You're connecting online as well. So you've done something there in terms of, of moving things on. You're going to see each other's social media content, each other's contact details. So that still moves it on from conversation towards relationship. But in some cases, absolutely have that one-on-one coffee and conversation.
0: I'm wondering how involved the, the book um, gets in this subject, because uh, I know in, in the past, and this is something that I think, sort of newbie networkers might miss out on. They get the idea of going to the event, they get the idea of researching for the event, they get the idea of what they've got to say at the event, and you know, uh, it's all about getting contacts. What they don't necessarily budget for in their mind, in their in their diary is the bit that comes afterwards where you actually have to block book time to say, right, I'm going to follow up on all these today. I've made 10 contacts and I want to get in touch with each of them at least by sending an email. That's going to take you, what, I don't know, uh, even if it's just a couple of lines, it's going to take an hour, right? So give me an idea of what you discuss in more length in the book uh, on, on this subject of sort of striking up relationships afterwards.
1: Yeah, and I think we we'll are go into more detail on the book because it is, is so important. That's, the, that's the, the after section moving into the, the ever after, uh, the ongoing relationship building. Newer networkers yeah, can often fall into that trap where they sometimes equip themselves very well at a networking event and they go away with business cards and they've really enjoyed it, but it stops there. Or it might stop with you know some, some LinkedIn connections. But all it's been is a good networking event conversation. And it's been multiple conversations. We've met other people as well. We might have met other people that do what, what they do, and it stalls. It stalls at the end of the event or it stalls maybe with the, with, the LinkedIn, with the LinkedIn connection. And I go into the book in, in more detail in terms of the how to do it, the who to do it, you know, who to do it with, to make absolutely sure you've moved The during bit, you're right, the before bit, prep, that's fine, it's been good. The during, the event has been done, but how to get it right with the, the next bit. Because I agree that the most important bit is the final section. It's the ongoing relationship building, at least the results. So in between that and the event, we've got how to follow up correctly. Yeah, because,
0: I mean, th- that's the thing you were talking earlier in uh, in various episodes about getting that no, like and trust bit. And you've you've sort of got the no and you're, you're getting towards the like, but you can't get towards the trust unless you, you go on from that point, uh, yes, which, which is... Way. Yeah, which is a you know a, a key thing to 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 say. Um, what about the takeaway points of this episode, Andrew, on, on getting into conversations and starting relationships? Just summarise those for me, Ken.
1: Yeah, in, in summary, it's remembering that we don't have to have uh, you know sort of the killer questions to to start with. Beginning of conversations it can be the you know the small talk, talking about the weather, the venue, the park, and you know how you how you got there that day. Yeah, prepare for you know for for joining conversations. Look out if you're on your own. Look out for somebody else on their own, especially. Or perhaps a, a group of three as a, as a second choice. But remembering you might bump into people on the way in at the coffee station, at registration, have some questions up your up your sleeve in terms of if you're in your network things you might want to ask, but showing interest in others, that is just so, so important. You heard me talk about sell less to you know, sell less to sell more. You ain't selling. All you're doing yeah, is just showing interest in others, and others people will remember that also be more open to when you follow up properly after event to take in the relationship further take the relationship further then they're much more likely to help you make introductions for you and vice versa
0: and that is episode 4 scratching the surface of cows not cow the book getting into conversations and starting relationships now if someone listening wants to, to go ahead and just jump in and get a copy of the book right now Andrew how do they do that
1: no matter what phone tablet desktop Vic 20, Spectrum 48K, no matter (laughs) what you've got, get on Amazon and type in cows, not cow, how to make your business networking really work and buy that book.
0: Next section, episode five, we discuss the all-important follow-ups, because I imagine there'll there'll probably be a lot of people who have uh, great chats at networking, but as I said before, they get this part wrong and they don't do it quickly enough, by which time yeah. the information that they got at the time is is no longer fresh and they as a contact might not be fresh in the memory of the person they met. There is a dedication involved to, to putting time aside for the follow-up part, isn't there?
1: Yes, absolutely. Something I mean, you, you touched on earlier, the experienced networkers will say, I want to follow up correctly. That's going to take time. I'm busy the next day, but I want to make sure that I do it the next day and they will block off an hour to do that, to go through the attendee list, read through their notes make the online connections, send emails, arrange these coffees. Okay, next time then, episode five, we'll take you through some of the hints and tips for doing
0: that the right way, efficiently, as we explore the all-important follow-ups. In the meantime, if you want to catch up on any of our episodes to date, then you can right here. Make sure you don't miss any of the rest of our season by clicking follow, and then that way, every episode we make going forward will automatically appear for you as it's released. Thank you for checking out Cows Not Cow, the book. We'll see you next time.